0: Our pastor said this morning, and I paraphrase, quote, "'Toxic people are magnets who draw shards of truth "'and untruth into their orbit to build an image "'of their making to accomplish their purposes. "'Their hearts are fictional factories,' If you permit them to do so, they will draw you into their universe and shape you into a version of their fiction, end quote. There's a link here in the article if you want to go and listen or watch that sermon. Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive, as you have already intuited. I'm talking about toxic people in this podcast. The title of the podcast, the article that is on our website, is a practical message to help you with that toxic person in your life. I'm taking the thoughts that he shared with us this morning in the sermon. I am going to share with you my reworked sermon notes and I trust that it will be beneficial to you. Toxic people is something that we're all familiar with. And you if you want to read this article, you're welcome to do that. Again, go to our website, look for a practical message to help you with that toxic person in your life. And then for a double bonus, you can listen or watch the actual sermon that was preached. Toxic people are magnets who draw shards of truth and untruth into their orbit to build an image of their making to accomplish their purposes. Their hearts are fictional factories. If you permit them to do so, they will draw you into their universe and shape you into a version of their fiction. As I listened to him talking about toxic people, my first impulse was to think about myself, specifically Am I this person? What are some of the things that I do in relationships that would identify me as a toxic person? Now, I am not navel-gazing, sin-groveling here. I'm not on a sin hunt, and I'm not doing the morbid introspection thing. That's just not who I am But I do realize there is an implied warning for the discerning heart not to move too quickly to that person out there somewhere before addressing the toxicity that might be in your heart. And I am sure that most of you thought of yourself first. As soon as I mentioned toxic person, as soon as I read that quote or gave you the title of the podcast, the article that I'm sharing with you, I know that was your first instinct. That was your impulse because you have that log-in-your-eye impulse, and it governs how you think about people and their problems. You're a careful self-assessor, knowing that you are part of the collective that encompasses people problems. You see, we can't talk about people problems as though we are not within that sphere. Part of the issue with a toxic person is that they do not see themselves that way. They never address their hearts, but always focus on what others are doing or what others are not doing for them. And so as you work through this podcast, if you read the article, as you work through it from our pastor, I trust you will keep that log properly in its place in your eye socket knowing that if you're not that toxic person, you have been before, yes, you have, so have I. We all have a little toxicity in us. Biblically, theologically speaking, is called human depravity. And if we have before, which we have, it's only a small step to becoming that person once again. In fact, perhaps a brief prayer would be appropriate right now. Stop the tape. Asking the spirit to examine any toxicity that seeks to rear its poisonous head in your heart, hoping to bring division into your community. And so there is the implied warning is what I was hearing as he started talking about toxic people The logs seem to get bigger like Pinocchio's growing nose. Maybe that's not a good analogy, but that log is certainly there, and I can be that person. The toxic person pulls you into their orbit. They are inconvenient people, you know, like a gnat that continues to buzz around the ear. The tension in your heart is whether you should step away from them or should you help them. Now, there is a vital point of discernment here. And before you make the decision to pull away or or to stay, what you need to do is to distinguish between a toxic person and a difficult one. And though we all have been toxic to varying degrees at some point in our lives most definitely we are difficult people more regularly and there is a difference between a toxic person and a difficult one all toxic people are difficult but all difficult people are not toxic and that is so vital just because a person is a challenge you don't want to label them as toxic automatically Some of us do not want anyone to inconvenience us. Now, that's a me problem. According to our terms, we crave life a certain way, and if someone interferes with our expectations, we can too quickly label them as toxic. You're just a toxic person. In reality, you're a selfish person and don't want to be inconvenienced. And by the way, that's one of my crippling sins in my life. I, I, I get focused on what I'm doing, and, and then someone is inconven, inconveniencing me, That's not necessarily a toxic person. And so it might not be an accurate assessment to label people this way. And so do you know how to distinguish between a difficult person and a toxic one? We all have patterns in our lives that make us difficult people. To think otherwise is to step outside a biblical hermeneutic. There is only one option, not two, for all have sinned. There are no perfect people. We have our hang-ups, our quirks, our pet preferences, our odd ways of thinking about life. I don't, but of course you, you do. And those oddities make us different from each other, but not necessarily toxic. Now, our pastor gave us a helpful table to distinguish between a toxic person and a difficult one. And I want to share some of those contrasts for you in this podcast so that you can make that distinction too. And so as you assess yourself, as you assess your friends, your acquaintances, where do you fall? What about your associations? And so here are four ways that you can Distinguish between a difficult person and a, tof- a toxic person. Okay, so number one, difficult people need help, and that includes all of us. And so we all fit within that collective. Toxic people make demands. That's two different things. All right, number two, difficult people are hard to love. Let's say amen right there. Toxic people are allergic to love. You can't love them enough or the right way, or they just don't receive love, especially if that love becomes challenging where you're confronting or correcting them. And so difficult people can be hard to love, but toxic people are allergic to love. Number three, difficult people expect you to be who God made you. They're not trying to change you. Difficult people don't do that. They want you to be who you are and they just want you to help them because they're difficult people. But a toxic person, toxic people expect you to be who they want you to be, and that is a contrast that is different. Number four, difficult people will give you space. Toxic people will not respect your space. They will drive up on your bumper, and they will smother you. If you're unsure which kind of person you are, the humble and courageous thing to do is ask someone who knows you. Talk to them about toxicity. Let them know that you want to know how they perceive you. We all need help because we're hard to love at times. We should not be like a toxic person. Now, has something taken control of your heart that perpetuates toxicity in your life? Again, the title of the podcast is A Practical Message to Help You with That Toxic Person in Your Life. And the first part of it is self assessment. And the sad thing is, and I think you already know this, that the toxic person will not hear this, they will not receive this message. In fact, if you can receive this, will receive this, and begin to make these applications to your life, and you talk to that courageous friend who will not rubber stamp you, will not be your yes man or your yes woman, but they will speak the truth with love Well, if you will do that, more than likely, you're not a toxic person. Now, our pastor gave us those contrasts, those four contrasts that I just shared with you, and he also gave us a few characteristics of the toxic person to help us sniff out if someone is oozing with toxicity. Now, the caution is that you don't want to label someone this way willy-nilly. We want to be very careful, not haphazard. The current problem that we have in our culture today is that we can too quickly label anyone who disagrees with us as toxic, and you see that all the time on social media. Social media is a toxic space, and I believe because of that that we have somewhat adapted ourselves to the social media universe in our real-world lives, that we can be like a lot of what we see on social media Public discourse is one of our worst enemies as keyboard warriors imbibe on the disinhibition effect, meaning they, they will say some of the most unkind things that they would never say to your face. They are not inhibited because they're in their basements behind the screen on their keypads. They're not inhibited from saying whatever they want to say. They demand loyalty to their ideas, and if you're not loyal, you disagree with them, then, well, they cancel you. By the way, authoritarian pastors and authoritarian husbands can be this way too, and and not just keyboard warriors and pastors and husbands, but the rest of us can also be this way. If you disagree with me, you're toxic. I cancel you. All right, so let me give you a few characteristics that our pastor gave us of the toxic person to help you to fish out whether a person is genuinely toxic or merely difficult. Here are five characteristics of a top toxic person. Number one, superficially friendly. They act like your friend— but they cop an attitude when the test comes into the relationship. These people use a lot of flattery. They'll talk about how wonderful you are. They'll tell other people how wonderful you are. They will talk you up. They will flatter you. They are superficial people. But once you go against what they're after... They do cancel you because it is a superficial friendliness. It's not a deep-rooted relationship. So they act like your friend, but they cop an attitude when the test comes. If your relationships can't endure a dust-up, then you really don't have a friendship. That is a superficial friendship, a superficial relationship, and it's one of the characteristics of a toxic person. Number two, they are seemingly clairvoyant. And what I mean by that is that they they will tell you what you're thinking, they will tell you what you meant, they will tell you what you intended without asking questions for clarification. And then they will sever the relationship without talking to you about what they have already concluded. And I've seen this so many times as a pastor, when I pastored, people would do that they they would hear you preach or say something or whatever and then they just upload all this data of what you're thinking what you meant what you intended and they never ask for clarification they also do that with this ministry here and this happened many times within the ministry It happens all the time regularly in counseling sessions many of you counselors have have had this uh, happen within your sphere Where they assume what you're thinking, what you meant, what you intended, and then they upload it to their own conclusions. This is the fictional factories that I was talking about earlier at the head of the podcast. And then they sever the relationship without talking to you about what they have concluded. They are seemingly clairvoyant. Number three, they are relationally disruptive. They suck the air out of the room, making life all about them. All roads, meaning all conversations, lead to them, the center of the universe again. There is a lot of me and my and mine and we and ours when they talk. The letter I is their most used letter in the alphabet, relationally disruptive. When they walk in the room, everything becomes about them. Number four, subtly controlling. Their all about me lifestyle does not, it doesn't have to be over the top, meaning they can hide the ball. It doesn't have to be obvious. The more advanced toxic person will control you without you realizing it until you're neck deep in their universe with no way of extricating yourself, subtly controlling. And then number five, creatively relentless. They never stop pursuing you. It's the worst version of perseverance. The toxic person's love cup is insatiable. No matter what you do or how much you give, it will not be enough. Five characteristics of the toxic person. I call it toxic clues. They are superficially friendly. They are seemingly clairvoyant. They're relationally disruptive. They're subtly controlling and creatively relentless. These are. This is my pastor's list, not mine. It's very good. Jesus is our example when it comes to dealing with people. He had the wisdom to discern folks and the courage to separate from them if they were too toxic. Though Christ was a people problem solver, he was not a people pleaser. There were limits on what he would permit, relationally speaking. You want to imitate Christ when navigating the tenuous contours of potentially toxic relationships. Without being rude, you cannot let them continually distract you from what you should be doing. Jesus liked to talk about how he was here to do the will of his Father. And this concept is your key when interacting with the toxic. If there are things you should be doing but you can't because of toxic interruptions, you need to let them know that the pattern cannot continue. The toxic person makes demands. But the difficult person will give you the space you need, knowing that you will be there for them, but just not at this moment. Now, parents, 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 especially if you have young children, it will serve your children well if you instill this perspective into them while they are young. Teaching kids discretion, self-control, and other-centered worldview early would nip their temptation to demand when they become adults. No is a complete sentence. Loving someone does not mean catering to all their wishes. Caving to the demands of toxic people, well, that's not love at all. The most loving thing you can do is speak the truth with love in your heart for that person just because they are toxic, it does not permit you to meet them on their toxicity level. You don't want to go down to that level if it is a toxic person. And so you can speak the truth, not harshly, not unkindly, not with inconvenience and impatience in your heart, but speak the truth with the love of God in your heart to that person. You cannot sink to their toxicity level, because if you do guess what? You will become just like them. The response is always love. Always love all people, but remember that love has broad borders that encompass the toxic as well as those people that you prefer. Some people have such a narrow interpretation and application of love. They see love as doing good things, kind things, nice things, for people, to make people happy, etc., within that concept, that construct. No, love has broad borders. Sometimes love is no. Sometimes love is saying the hard thing. Sometimes no is, is walking away from an individual. If they do not give you the space you need, you create that space, which could mean that you will have to, here it is, unfriend them. You can be kind to them. But you may have to walk away from the toxic person after a while. If you don't, your mind will become distracted. Your mind will become divided. You won't be able to focus on anything other than that person who is sucking the spiritual life and time out of you. These are judgment calls, and I realize that. It takes discernment, spirit-illuminated discernment within the company of friends. But these are judgment calls that you must make. If you do walk away from them, you already know this. But if the person is really toxic, there will be blowback. You see, toxic people do not have the humility. They don't have the perception, the insight They don't have the courage to perceive or to own the problem. It takes humility and courage to own the problem, to address the log in your eye, and toxic people will not do that. They will blame you. They will have to give a commentary as to why the relationship is no more. Whenever a relationship, especially so if a toxic person is flattering, they tell you and they tell others how wonderful you are. And then you speak truth into that relationship, and then they sever the relationship because they're toxic. They couldn't bend you. They're used to bending others' will, and if it doesn't work out, there's always an excuse. And again, the excuse excuse is never with them. And if you are a weak caregiver, a weak counselor, a weak friend, you will fall into this snare because you don't know the difference between being empathetic and sympathetic. And we talk about that a lot inside this ministry. In fact, I have an article linked inside this one that if you haven't read, and thousands of people have, and maybe you have not, and if you have not, I just appeal to you to read the article that I've written here on empathy. You can find it linked here, or you can just type the word empathy or sympathy Either one, into the search feature of our website and it will pop up. But empathy is listening with care, but no courage to draw clear lines of how love should look in the relationship. And so empathy, the accent mark is on care, concern, listening, but there is no courage. You don't want to be empathetic, or you will fall into the swamp, and you both will drown, you and the toxic person. Sympathy is different. It is listening with care and courage. You don't, dislodge care. You always care, but you care with courage, and that's what sympathy is. This kind of caregiver, this type of friend, is not weak on love or the courage needed to keep the toxic person from running all over them, and it may be that you have to pull the plug on the relationship. You may get to that point, but before you pull the plug pull the plug, on the toxic person, would you ask a competent and trusted friend for their perspective? It's not gossip for you to talk about the person, the toxic person, if your motives are redemptive. You're not venting, but you genuinely want to help the toxic person. Some folks struggle over this matter of talking about others without them knowing about it. Listen, we talk about people every day of our lives without them knowing it. You've, you've, you you've did it today. If you were talking to anyone for any length of time, you eventually started talking about other people. We're in a highly charged political climate right now, and there's a high chance that the majority of you have been talking about our president, or you've been talking about the other team you've been talking about some political figure, maybe maybe even a sports figure, but you can talk about other people without them being within earshot. You can't live in this world and keep from talking about folks who are outside of earshot. There will be times when you must talk about those folks with whom you struggle. It does not have to be wrong to do so, but you must be right in how you think and how you talk about them. And so your assessment of them may be inaccurate, and that's my point, and that's why before you pull the plug on the relationship, borrow brains. You want to make sure before you pull the plug. Have you done all that you should do for this person? The temptation with inconvenient people is that we too quickly want to cut them out of our lives, and this is where you won't to make that distinction again between a difficult person and a toxic one. People's problems are messy and inconvenient. To love God and to love others well means there will be issues and we must persevere with those who are more of a hassle than an asset. We don't want to be that superficial friend. Of course, the longer you strive with a toxic person, they will eventually cut you off. Poisonous people do not stay in relationships unless you let them continue in their toxicity. If you are a genuine friend, you will eventually offend them. They will blame you, and they will sever the relationship. The title of this podcast is A Practical Message to Help You with That Toxic Person in Your Life. These are my show notes from um, a—these are my sermon notes, rather— from a sermon that our pastor preached just a few hours ago. He said things differently than I've said here. Uh, some of the stuff is exactly what he said, but if you want to listen to that sermon, you can click on this link. It will take you to our church's website and you can hear the entire or read the entire sermon if you or watch it for that matter. I believe it's in in video. But if you're in a toxic relationship, then It would behoove you to take the time to really soak on this. And by the way, I have more than 20, maybe 30 links inside this uh, article that I've just shared with you, and so we have, uh, I guess, uh, 40,000 words, more than 40,000 words that you can study about relationships, friendships. Uh, with, even within this article here, some of the people you love the most will hurt you the most. You pour yourself into their lives. You jump when they call. You bend backward when they ask. You desire to be there for them. Their problems are your problems. You serve them the best you can. You make mistakes. You say and do the wrong things. You walk through that relational minefield with them. If they are toxic, at some point, you'll step on the landmine. It cannot be otherwise with poisonous people, and they will end the relationship. Now, when you started listening to this podcast about the toxic person, did you stop first at the log in your eye, or did you blow past that part to the speck in the toxic person's eye. How you answer this question will reveal a lot about you. I talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. I spent sufficient time self-assessing and making that point because it is so easy, especially when you're in a difficult relationship, is to over-focus on the other person and not do the necessary hard work in your own eye socket, in your own life first. Now, there are other questions here and the call to action. I'm just giving you the first one. But if you want to do more assessment, if you want to work through this idea of toxicity in a relationship, I would appeal to you to work through these call to action questions at the bottom of this article. The message or the article, a practical message to help you with that toxic person in your life. Find it on our website, share it with a friend, and if you want to talk about this, please let us know. We have a free community forum on our website. We are a dialogue ministry, and we want to dialogue with you. We will not dialogue on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We don't have the people resources to be able to do that. We're a small ministry. There's only 11 of us working together, and we are working feverishly, but we do have our limitations. But we have created one spot on the internet where we would love to talk to you, and we will not turn you away. I promise you we haven't done it in over 12 years, and by the grace of God, we won't do it now. And so you come to our free ministry. get on our free community forum, get your free username and password, ask your question, and we will be here to serve you as best we can. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, Please share this article because it is an important one. I'm so thankful for your kindness. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening.